Hi, welcome to Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that as you listen today, you are blessed and encouraged. Thank you so much for listening in. If you want any more information about our ministry, we'd love you to jump onto our website, harvestaustralia.org. Have a great day. Well, the last few months or so, I've... uh, thrown some tantalising titles out there, uh, and uh, this morning's is a compilation of everything, okay? You're ready for it. Some of you have seen it on Instagram. I've called it Bees, Fruits and Gifts. What on earth do they have to do with each other? We'll go somewhere this morning. Bees, Fruits and Gifts. I want to talk about the work of the Holy Spirit, and I want to start this morning. Funnily enough, Adam, Adam's really had this on his heart. For the college, it wasn't really where I was led to today specifically for this, but it will complement what God's saying to our community. And the work of the Holy Spirit is, is very unique, sometimes quiet, sometimes loud, sometimes hard to find, sometimes easy. And so I want to just navigate that a little bit this morning, starting in a random story about my bees. Is that okay this morning? Um, I've just got some annoying rubbish in my pocket. I just want to get out. Sorry. It just annoys me when I've got things in my pocket. Sorry. It's an OCD thing. If I twitch, don't worry. Um, but uh, I, I have some beehives. And when we moved to a farm, it's one of the things I wanted to do and uh, was, was provide our own honey. Not that I even have it anymore. But anyway, I've got bees. But... Uh, but uh, it, and it started out as a really good hobby and I started getting into it and finding out what to do. And uh, last year, I think it was, or it might be a year and a half ago, something like that, I went to harvest the honey out of one of the hives and it was the biggest, strongest hive that I have. In fact, it's the last one that I've got. as proves how strong it is. If it can last with me, it's strong because um, they get neglected. But um, anyway, so I'm, I'm suiting up. I'm putting everything on, you know, your bee suits. I've got a full bee suit, the whole leather gloves and boots and everything. I mean, I'm just protecting myself, going down to, um, to harvest. And it's, it's down the hill on our property. We have 25 acres, so kind of down the hill. And, um, you know, to be honest, it's, it's out of sight and out of mind. If anything ever happened, I mean, Karen had wandered down a few hours later, I suppose. But, uh, but I went down to, to harvest the honey this time and I pulled out, you know, one of the racks and, and started collecting honey. And I'm, I'm not a pro at this by any stretch. And so I'm, I'm learning as we go. And um, I, I didn't realise one thing, and, and that is that bees can really identify any exposed skin. And so I had a little bit of exposed skin on, on my wrist. I had them taped up as well, but had a little bit of exposed skin on my wrists and my ankles. Uh, I don't even know how that occurred on my ankles because I had some short boots on. But anyway, and so I'm getting into this and I can hear the noise of the bees getting louder and louder. I don't know if you've ever ne- been near a swarm, but you know, it's, it's quite loud. They weren't swarming, but they weren't liking what I was doing. And so I'd smoked them. I'd smoked the crap out of these things. I mean, I had really smoked them. And um, maybe that's why. But they, they weren't liking me extracting because it had been a couple of years since we'd extracted anything. And um, I could hear it getting louder and louder. And my sort of adrenaline and nerves were, were getting louder and louder. And they can sniff that out, let me tell you. And um, they started going for this little white little layer of skin and I saw a few on there I'm like oh it's okay and before you know it there's 20 on my left and 20 on my right and 20 or 30 on on each 
each as well. I'm like, oh, okay, this could be getting a little over the top now. But I kind of persisted through and extracted, I don't know, 10, 15 kilos. It is not worth it. <laughs> I'll leave it to the pros. But anyway, I extracted my honey and, and um, I was starting to feel it because, it, you know, it's, it's, it was something like, you know, 100 odd stings I got. And um, yeah, they, they, these, are, these are serious ones. And so I'm, I'm driving my, my little, you know, car thing back up the um, thing and I, I came inside and I think for some reason we were all, all the kids were even sitting around, which never happens these days, but, um, and they're all sitting on the couch and I sort of flopped on the couch and within half an hour my wrists were like bowling balls, they were massive and my ankles were certainly the biggest cankles I've ever seen or had and, um, and I remember sort of flopping like this and the whole family just laughing at me, just literally laughing at me, saying, what on earth do you think you're doing? And Karen's like, okay, I think we need to probably do something now. And then the kids are starting to go, okay, do you need to go to hospital? And I'm like, look, I'm feeling okay. And I'm sort of blowing up and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And, um, you know, in my style, look, I didn't, have, I didn't go anywhere and, and do anything, but I, I don't know what I did, iced it or something. But, um, but why am I telling you all of that? I'm telling you all of that because I have learned a lot about the kingdom of God from bees. I've learned a lot about the kingdom of God from bees and particularly the work of the Holy Spirit. And so let's explore that a little bit today. I want to um, start in 2 Chronicles chapter 16, 9. It says, The eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. That's you. If you know Jesus and you're in this room, this is the word of the Lord for you. His eyes are searching all over the earth in order to strengthen you. In the beehive example, one thing I know is the queen is paramount. She is paramount. Those bees, do they give everything, literally, to protect and to feed and to steward everything that's going on. They know exactly their place. And one of the things they know is their whole life exists to honour the kingdom of the hive, to honour the rules of the hive, to honour one another, to give their life, to lay down their life. They all know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. And sometimes we in the kingdom of God don't fully understand our place in the kingdom here on earth. So what we do is meander around the edges, not knowing our purpose, not knowing our destiny, not knowing our gifting and calling and talents and our strengths and weaknesses. So we flip and flop around the edges without purpose. I want to encourage you today. God is looking to and fro across the earth. If you know Jesus, he is for you. If you know Jesus, he has a plan for you. He has a destiny and a purpose and a calling for you to operate in this thing called the hive, the kingdom hive, where we can buzz around and be fully equipped and ordained and released into our destiny here on earth until we go to heaven to be with him so that he might be glorified because that's our purpose here on earth. There's three ways that I've identified that the Holy Spirit works in our lives to bring glory to God. The first one is on us. Acts 1.8 says, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem 
and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. When the Holy Spirit comes on us, which is separate to when the Holy Spirit comes in us at salvation, and this is a sort of a it's different teachings in the body of Christ, but this is our belief that there's the Holy Spirit comes in us as a deposit, the Bible says, upon salvation. But then he comes upon us at the baptism or the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8 talks about it. We'll get to the gifts of the Spirit later. But I started with on us because it's important that we realize if we are born again, if we believe in Jesus then we can go on being filled with the Holy Spirit so that we are empowered to do his work. It's kind of like the pollen. It's the good stuff. It's the stuff that the bees are really going after when they, you know, when they happen to you know, get in our way or we get in their way. They're really just going after the pollen in all of the flowers and everything like that. The pollen is like the operation of the Spirit. It's the sweet stuff. It's the good stuff. It's actually a superfood. And so it's got so much dense nutrients in there. That's like the Holy Spirit being on us. Because the power of the Holy Spirit is given to the church as a gift to display the kingdom of God. It's like revealing the hive to the rest of the world. The second area is in us, in our conscience, in our thoughts. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you. If you know God, if you're born again and you know Jesus, the Spirit of God is given as a deposit, the Bible says. Therefore, he lives in you. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, then you are not of the flesh, you are of the Spirit. It's a strange thought, isn't it? Because you'll look down and you'll say, well, I'm all flesh. I'm all flesh. But it's this weird dichotomy that we have to get our heads around. We live in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. And the more we operate in the spirit realm and listen to him, and again, we'll get to that in the fruits of the spirit and the gifts of the spirit, when we entertain the realm of the spirit, the more we realize that is a powerful realm, a very powerful realm. It's often an invisible realm. But when we learn to speak that language and live in that realm, we tap into a power that we do not normally have as humans because we step into God's kingdom. We step into his power, his anointing, his authority. When we're praying for Adam this morning, I could feel and sense the Holy Spirit coming on him. That's the power of... Could you feel that, Adam? Where are you? (laughs) Yeah, you could. I know you could. That's the power, of, that's the presence of the person, Holy Spirit. He's part of the Trinity, remember. A lot of us love God the Father and we know Jesus, but we don't know the person of the Holy Spirit. He wants us to know his voice, to know his leading. And so he comes upon us. He also comes in us. He speaks through our conscience. And oftentimes our awakening to the Spirit in us is something that God leaves to our free will. I don't know why this is. I wish he would just blast us and open the doors and say, get to know him. But so often he will give us small invitations of love, small invitations of his grace, saying, come on this journey. Come on this journey. You've tried it yourself. Now come my way. And he'll lead us fairly gently, I've learned over the years. Every now and then he'll slam a door shut. But most often... He will actually just 
Give us direction. Give us direction. And we have a free will to follow him or not. And when we choose to follow him, he stretches us and take us deeper. Bill Johnson says, A lot of people will wait for God to show up so that they can be bold. It's an interesting thought, isn't it? We often say, oh, you know, if revival broke out or if God chose to, to do this, you know, then I'll do this. And he's saying all the while, do this and then I'll show up. So it's, is it the cart or the horse? I don't know because in past histories, I've looked at the formulas and there is no formula. There is no formula. Obedience is one. Prayer is another. Love is another. There's some commonalities, but the formula, the process, you couldn't write a book on how to start revival because it's up to him. It's up to us getting in tune with him and saying, God, we'll be obedient with whatever you've given us. You filled me with your spirit. Now I'm going to go. And so I want to explore that a little bit in, in the third point, and that is the Holy Spirit works around us. This is the sovereign work of God. In us is sovereign, but we have a big part to play in our free will. When he works around us, it's like the sovereign authority of God working. And I want to read a fairly a longer passage in Zechariah chapter 4, 6 and 9. Zechariah was the prophet and he was trying to hear the word of the Lord for the people. And so this is what the, the angel, I think, had said to him. This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel saying, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of armies. What are you, you great mountain before Zerubbabel? You'll become a plain and he will bring it, bring out the top stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. Also, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house and his hands will finish it. Then you will know that the Lord of armies has sent me to you. Interestingly enough, I want to bring out two things about this. The voice of the Spirit was very clear through the prophet to Zerubbabel, to the people, what God was going to do sovereignly. But then he says that what you are about to... What, uh, let's, let's read here. The hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house and his hands will finish it. Oftentimes comes the voice of God sovereignly. But then he says, now get and do it. It's the hands of Zerubbabel that then went out and built the temple. So often to us, we want God to do it all for us. We want God to lay the foundation. We want God to go before us so that it doesn't require any of our own faith and risk and so that we can keep our contentment, keep our nature and maybe our reputation. But God wants to sometimes just pull away at those things and say, if it's me, it's going to be me and I'll show you how to do it. And then he'll say, now I'll give you, give you the word. Now go about and do it. Now you have to use your hands. Now you have to build. And so he often gives us a plan by his voice, but then he says, go and do it. I think this is the, this is the tough stuff. It's like Karen and I said last week, or I said on behalf of Karen and I, this is a year of getting stuff done and doing stuff. And so for us, that means we've, we've heard God's voice and we've made plans. Now we've got to get in and do it. Now we've got to get in and see what that looks like, get our hands dirty and build. And, and so there's challenges, there's issues, there's, there's other things that he will lay before us. But I believe every person in this room, God's voice is available to you. His plan is available to you. His strategies, his ideas, his creativity is available to you. Sometimes it just means we have to dial in and 
hear his voice for us. He's leading in us. And then he will start working around us. And it's one of those things that, you know, I'm not sure, is it the cart or the horse first, but I'm going to begin moving because I know when I move, he moves. So most of us know that there are nine fruits of the Spirit and there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And uh, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, amazing things to evidence in our lives. In fact, if you read that list, we'll probably need to do communion all over again. Just, just to repent of a few things this week. These are the fruits of the working of the Holy Spirit in believers' lives. These are the fruits. They're the evidence. They're the honey. They're the good stuff, the sweet stuff. So if we are collecting the pollen, if we are obeying the hive, the kingdom hive rules and doing what God's put before us, we will produce this stuff. And others will want to drink from the honey. They will want to drink from what we are delivering because these things will naturally and organically be present in our life. So when there's a drama, we will have self-control. When things are going chaotic, we will have then gentleness and faithfulness. When there's a time to be giving and being generous and sharing, we'll be generous, etc., etc. These are high-quality things that every believer should be operating in. Where do they come from? They come from that relationship with Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is in us. He's our conscience. And when we want to react in the flesh, he said, no, 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 let's go in the Spirit. Let's go in the Spirit. You know, when that person in the car opposite pulls out, there was one the other day, and um, it's always a good test, you know, uh, see how you're going in the fruits of the Spirit. Someone pull out on you. Uh, in fact, we had one, what was it, yesterday, actually. We had someone on a bike and I was, yeah, it's a good story, Steve, so I can tell it. Uh, I look pretty good in this one. But, uh, you know, he was pulling out the bike and I'm like, oh, is he going? Is he, is he not? Is he? And I was, so I was prepping for it and sure enough, he, he was going. And, um, you know, many, many years ago, I might have wound down the window and just blessed him in, in tongues or something like that. And, uh, but this time round, you know, I just stopped, just waved at him. I'm like, I'm not getting stressed over that. Not getting stressed over that. It's the fruit of the Spirit. And I'm sure many of you have great examples as well. When, when your team's losing or whatever else, I remember going to, you know, some of our kids' um, sport games and, you know, you see different parents reacting differently. I remember seeing one sent, parent sent off. <laughs> your God, parent. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, that's harsh. But not a Southern Vales parent, of course. But, uh, but it's interesting when we are pressed... And when we are tested in the flesh, it will evidence how we are in our maturity in the spirit. When those buttons are pressed in the flesh, it will test us in the spirit. What do we evidence? Do we evidence the kingdom of God? Will we go off course? Will we go, go and try and you know, tackle something and do it in the flesh? Or will we remain in the spirit and evidence the spirit? Let's, let's finish with this, the gifts of the spirit. Nine gifts of the Spirit, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, faith, prophecy, tongues, interpretation of tongues, discernment of spirits, and the gift of healing. Amazing gifts. Amazing gifts. God has given them to us here on earth. If you believe in him, these are gifts that are given like a present. That's why they're called gifts. Like a present to the body of Christ to say, here you go. This is going to help you in the kingdom work. 
This is going to help you in the hive. These things are going to help you be better, cleverer, more effective, more powerful, having fun even in the kingdom. And these things are going to evidence my kingdom. They are going to demonstrate the kingdom of God and the reality of God to a world that doesn't know him. So these gifts are very, very important. And I want to just lay this out there. These are things that the Bible says God gives these gifts according to his will. It's an interesting, we can go into that another week, but according to his will. Now, you might be saying, well, I want the gift of healing. I don't want the gift of word of knowledge, or I don't want this, I don't want that. The truth is, I believe the work of the Spirit is so much better and deeper than us. He will put in our hearts what he desires. So he goes before us. So if you desire a spiritual gift, it's probably given by him. Now, if you're like me, I want them all. I want them all. I want them all. And so I pray for them all fairly regularly. And yes, you get disappointed when you don't see enough in certain areas. But the Bible says God loves it when we eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Eagerly desire. Paul says that. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. And these gifts are so that you and I won't be so boring. Because it's a whole lot happier when God's moving. Adam explained that even at camp, when the Holy Spirit begins to move, something changes. Something changes. People's lives change. You might be witnessing for someone and going cross-eyed and, and trying to hit them over the head with the gospel for 20 years. The Holy Spirit touches them and speaks to them once and everything changes. Everything changes. Everything changes. It's the same with any of these gifts. The gifts of the Spirit are given for all of the believers. All of the believers. Now, these are gifts, talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And, and, and the passage here is Paul talking to the believers in the new covenant. That's us. That's every single one of us. And when we realize that, wow, I get to operate in this. And, and I think when we grow in the gifts of the Spirit, we naturally grow in the fruits of the Spirit. It doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes we can grow in the gifts of the Spirit and go a bit pear-shaped. And then we have to build up in the fruits of the Spirit, like self-control, because we try and operate too much in the gifts. So there's a balancing act and there's wisdom. Remember, it's a gift of the Spirit. But it's an amazing thing when we as believers awaken to the working of the Holy Spirit on us, in us, and around us. And it's a, it's a powerful thing because sometimes all it takes is us changing our gaze from the flesh to the Spirit. What do you want to do, Holy Spirit? What are you saying, Holy Spirit? What are, you, what are you going after? I know it's something that... Karen probably dives into this a little bit better than me. I'll dive into flesh mode pretty quickly sometimes. And um, I know e even in this last year, there's been some pivotal things that in the flesh I'm like, hmm, okay, where, where are we going with this one? And, you know, we'll sit together and we'll pray together. And as soon as we do that, the spirit realm opens up. And when the spirit realm opens up, the faith realm opens up. So if you're going through stuff today that you do not see the solutions for, maybe some hard stuff, or maybe you have doubts or fears or anxiety in your life and you're not sure how things are going to work out, you're probably not going to solve it in the flesh. It's probably going to be the working of the spirit of God on you, in you, through you, around you, that will bring about the solution. 
Many of us miss promotions and upgrades and opportunities because we want to do it in the flesh and we don't listen to the spirit. And I'm, I'm in that camp plenty of times. But when I dial the flesh down, when I dial into the spirit and go, what are you wanting, God? What do you want to do? Then he begins to operate and he begins to stretch and move. And so my encouragement to you today is listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and watch what he does in your life. If you don't operate in gifts of the Spirit, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. That's Paul's affirmation to you today. Eagerly desire spiritual gifts. If the gifts were meant to die out with the last of the apostles, why would he dangle that carrot to us? That would be very annoying in Scripture, wouldn't it? For him to say, eagerly desire the spiritual gifts for another six weeks. No, he means it for you today. So that you can have the gift of faith. So that you can move in words of knowledge and understanding and wisdom and tongues and interpretation of tongues and discerning of spirits. And man, we need that one today more than ever before. Because it's like a mingled minestrone soup out in the world, isn't it? Of spirits and all good and bad and ugly. And, it's, and we need the discernment, the gift of discernment in the church. So my prayer for you is that this would be like a, a little fresh reminder for some or an awakening for others that you would say, yeah, Holy Spirit, I need you. I need your voice. I need your leading. I need your power to accomplish what you have called me to do. So why don't you stand this morning? I'm just going to pray. If you want more of the Holy Spirit, just lift your hands. You can ask him right now, in you, on you, around you, on your husband, whatever you need. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here and that you are real and that you are ever present. I thank you for your presence with us here this morning. And your word is so sharp and so accurate. I thank you for every person in this room, that you have them in this incredible kingdom hive. And you have us all working, living to the glory of God. Lord, I pray for any plans and arrows of the enemy that have tried to set us back from doing what you have, you would completely remove in the name of Jesus. You will remove stumbling blocks. You would remove obstacles. You will remove, remove mindsets and limitations that we have put upon ourselves or maybe others have put upon us. And Lord, you will release the knowledge of how you operate in the great kingdom of God, the bigness of God, the callings, the destinies, the anointings, the incredible authority that you give every believer. Lord, I pray by your spirit, you will fill us today. Fill us with your anointing, with your power. I pray for those who are hungering after gifts of the spirit, you'll begin to scatter gifts of your spirit according to your plan and purpose. Holy Spirit, that even this morning, right now, you'll begin to touch people. Touch people with your power and your presence. There's hunger in this room today. There's hunger in this room today. So Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you would fill us with your power. You would fill us with your presence. That we would know you and hear you. That you would come upon us to display the kingdom of heaven in great and mighty ways. In Jesus' name.